0: to another bonus episode. I have a guest with me today. It's somebody that I've mentioned several times on this podcast. And it's also the person who's probably the most responsible for me liking spooky things. And it's my mom, Sherry. Welcome, mom. Hello. Happy <laughs> to be here. Yes. Yeah, so um, I'll start out by saying I didn't really give mom a lot of prep for this. I kind of wanted to just blindside her and see what she was going to say. So I think this is going to be a fun conversation. We'll see how it goes. Um, so before we dig into the main topic today, well, first of all, let me say, so uh, we're together in Orlando at Hilton. Mom and Dad came here to visit for a just a long weekend, and she mentioned casually that she was really excited about pet cemetery. And so I'm like, okay, well, I want to know why, but let's you know, let's have a conversation about it. But before we dig into that, just in general, I have a couple of questions. So, I always talk about how Nightmare on Elm Street was my first horror movie, and I saw it when I was little, and I watched it with you, mm-hmm. and so that's obviously that, I remember that very clearly, but do you remember what your first horror movie was?
1: Wow. I
0: <laughs> know. Um,
1: not for sure, but two, two movies comes to mind, mm-hmm. Halloween okay. and
0: Fantasmic. Phantasm. Phantasm. Okay, so we just got done talking about Disney. (laughs) We're doing Disney. So I'm like, phantasm. That's not right. That's Disney. Phantasm. I've I've done the same thing, though. So phantasm. So you didn't have a TV growing up, though, right? You didn't have a TV until you were like 15. Right. So. Religious reasons. Yes. My grandpa was a preacher, (laughs) you guys. You probably... Did you see, like, was that, were those movies you would have seen in the theater? Yes. Okay, so you would have gone to the theater to see those. And Halloween was 1978, so that's about right. Yes, yes. Because you graduated in 79. Mm -hmm. So you would have been going, yeah, Mm -hmm. so Halloween in the Mm -hmm. theater, man, if that's true, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's pretty iconic.
1: I'm sure there was some before that, but that's the one that stands out in my mind.
0: And so what were some of the spooky things you might have watched or actually probably read were there any, like, more kiddie shows or any, like, books or anything you read that were spooky?
1: Well, I tried to read um, The Exorcist, <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't. I had to get it out of my out of my
0: bedroom. Because it scared you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I and I love scary books. I've always read, you know, scary books and movies, but I, I couldn't. No, I had to get it out of my room,
0: so. Did you have to hide that book from your parents? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. I kept it in my third drawer of my chest yeah remember (laughs) well and so growing up as a pentecostal kid i yeah i'm sure reading the exorcist was like oh bad juju no yeah that (laughs) wouldn't have passed and with my dad no no (laughs) No. well i also remember that you said and i've heard a lot of people that are closer to your age say this now that um you watch dark shadows I didn't. You guys would play Dark Shadows or
1: something when you at were At school, kid? we played Dark Shadows. <laughs> we would run down the hill and scream. But I had never actually seen Dark Shadows. never seen it. So okay. I was playing the game, you know, unaware of what really was going on, I guess. Okay.
0: Okay. That's But cute. your
1: dad has, used to watch Dark Shadows. He used to watch Dark Shadows. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Because it's like, I've never seen it, but it's like a soap opera, mm-hmm. but with like vampires. They're mm-hmm. like vampires and stuff. Yeah. So apparently it, it was a big deal. Back yeah. Back in the 70s, I guess. Yeah okay so let's talk about pet cemetery for a little bit okay so pet cemetery if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time you know it's my favorite book it's one of my favorite horror movies and because it's getting the new treatment i mean it's been everywhere stephen king's really hot right now i do not personally remember the first time i saw the 1989 film um but what I wanted to know is when you first, well, first of all, when did you first read Pet Cemetery? And, like, what do you think? Do you remember what you thought um, when you read it? I thought the book was really scary and really mm-hmm. good. And did you watch it or did you read it, like, when it first came out? It, was, it would have been, like, 87.
1: I read Pet Cemetery before I saw the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say probably read it several years before the movie came out. Oh, wait.
0: By the way, 87, that's not right. The book came out in 1983. Excuse me.
1: (laughs) Okay, (laughs) yeah. yeah. I had read the book when I saw the movie. Mm -hmm. Because back then I read all of Stephen King's stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was one of his better books, I thought. Yeah. You know, a very good book. Scary. So the movie, I mean, it it did it justice pretty well. But there's some things, if you haven't read the book, when you watch watch the movie, you don't, you know. Right. You don't know all the background. um, Always,
0: do you did you see the movie in the theaters? Do you remember? No, I don't think I did.
1: I think it was VHS. Okay,
0: I I seem I to think remember. It was. I I feel like I remember seeing like the movie posters and stuff when it came to the theaters. But I'm trying to think in '89. Where did we live? Do we live in Arkansas? We weren't in we weren't, were in Arkansas. we weren't in Monticello yet, right? No, no. I because for some reason I I. Thought that I saw like saw it on the marquee at Nacogdoches, but that timeline's not right.
1: No, we did. We moved to Texas in 1991.
0: Yeah, so it was after. Oh, yeah. maybe it was Pets Maybe I'm remembering Pet Cemetery too. Maybe you are. Maybe I am. Yeah, I definitely remember watching that on VHS at, at one of our rental houses, the one where we had the pink carpet, and it messed me up. Okay, that was in <laughs> Texas. Yes, that movie was so that movie's so weird. But yeah. when I was a kid, it was really scary. Yeah. Anyway. So you must, I feel like you must have read, you probably did read pet Cemetery, like, right when it came out. Because I remember you saying that you you read all of his books, like, pretty much when they came Mm -hmm. out. Because I remember you talking about It, which came out in 86. Okay. And I remember you saying that you were reading It, and then also at the time, like, I had a coloring book with, like, a clown on it. And you saw it like in your rearview mirror or something in the car, and it scared you. I (laughs) forgot about that. Yeah, I remember it now that you mention it. (laughs) Yeah, I think it kind of freaked me out. Yeah, yeah. I always (laughs) thought that was a good story. So, Um, okay, so you said that you were excited about the new pet cemetery. Yes. So I'm intrigued. Why? Why are you excited? What has you excited?
1: Well, the previews look really good. Really good. Really good. Um. You know, I thought nobody could play Judd Crandall like
0: oh, I know what's his name, Fred Gwynn.
1: Yes, R. I. P. Yes, uh, he does such a great job in that movie. But when I saw the previews with John Lithgow, mm-hmm. he's looks like he's going to do a pretty good job. I think so too. Um, I don't know. The previews just look like it's gonna it's gonna be a great movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, they've done some changes yes. changes in the sec- this new one. Okay. But
0: well, just pause for a second. We'll okay. talk about that. So, um. Yeah, to me, Judd is maybe the best thing about the 1989 movie. And I even think that he's one of the best horror characters ever. Like in a horror movie ever. I think he's that good. But, of course, like you said, John goes amazing. Yeah. And I do kind of appreciate, like, he didn't even try to do the, like, Judd main accent. Yeah, yeah. And I know a lot of people were criticizing that, but I honestly think, well, Fred Gwynn did that. He did it perfectly. No one else is going to be able to do it. True. So I kind of appreciate that. I don't know if it was a director choice or if it was, an, you know, an actor choice, but the fact that they're like, let's not try to do that. I appreciated. Yeah. That for sure. And And the trailer does seem to have, like, the right like, vibe,
1: Mm -hmm. which is
0: important because I think the atmosphere in the 89 movie was perfect, which is part of what made it so great. Like, it just felt right, you know? Mm -hmm. So you mentioned the changes. The main change is that Ellie, the little girl, is going to be the one that dies instead of Gage. Yes. So what do you think about that?
1: Well, okay. It'll be all right, I guess. (laughs) But let me tell you, nobody is scarier than Gage when he... Comes back from the dead. Yeah. And now I want to
0: play with you.
1: With that knife and that <laughs> yeah. face. I mean, mm-hmm. how can, I just think they can't top that. Mm-hmm. I mean, she'll be okay as a little dead girl. I'm sure it'll be <laughs> scary, but I don't know if she'll be as scary as Gage or not. Yeah.
0: Well, here's what I've heard. And I've been, I've tried to avoid things, but it's just hard in the world we live in today where you're scrolling and there's headlines yeah. and reviews and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it seems like what they did, because I thought, well, if they made this big change, why did they put it in the trailer? Why didn't they just, like, let us find out at the movies? Exactly. So, it seems like they didn't just change that. I think the whole end is different. You do? I do, from what okay. I've heard. Um, so, I think that what they have done is, like, tried to stay true to the book to a certain extent, but do their own thing. And basically sort of rewrite the end. Um, okay. So that could be a good or a bad thing. Um, But I think that's why, well, two reasons. One, the production company who spent money on it want to get butts in the seats. So they went ahead and showed us that. (laughs) But also, I think there may be a whole bunch more surprises beyond that. So they thought, you know what? Let's give people this surprise. There's lots more. Okay. Yeah. Good theory. Maybe so. Yeah. So maybe so. We'll see we'll see but we'll have to talk about it we'll have to uh after we see it you know what this this is probably part one of a two-part bonus episode so maybe um, yeah maybe once we see it we can have another conversation and and talk about what we thought yeah
1: and it's it'll be out pretty soon
0: oh yeah we're less than less than two weeks out right now okay so i'm probably gonna go i mean i don't go to the movies a lot and i definitely don't go on opening night but i'm probably going i'll probably go the thursday before opening actually
1: Okay, well, so. your dad and I are going. We're yeah. going to go together. and He's like, okay, I'll, I'll go with you to see this one. So uh, we'll probably wait a few days, not opening night probably, but wait a few days after opening night and go. So I'm excited. Yep, me I'm too. I'm excited. All
0: right. I think
1: Thanks, it'll be mom. good. You're welcome.
0: So many trees. It's beautiful, right? It's definitely not Boston. Here we go. Okay, so... What do you think?
1: Wow, this whole place is ours?
0: I even got him to throw in a whole forest. as a new backyard.
1: It was a myth. Kids used to dare each other to go into the woods at night. That place.
0: They feared it. Those woods belong
1: to something else. The ground is bad. Maybe. Just some crazy folk tale. But there is something up in those woods. Something that brings things back.
0: Sometimes dead is better. So welcome back, folks. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I sat down and had a conversation with my mom. I don't know. It's been it was last spring, I think. So it's been a while. But anyway, I said we were going to come back for a part two and we're finally here to do it. Welcome back to the podcast, mom. Hello. Nice to be here. Yes. Good to have you again. Last time you were on the podcast, we talked about... Pet Cemetery because you had said that you were excited about Pet Cemetery because the trailer looked really good mm-hmm. and neither one of us knew what to expect. Um, if you've been listening to this podcast at all, you, you know how I feel about every facet of Pet Cemetery, including the 2019 adaptation. So yes. let's talk about it. How did you feel? If, I mean, it came out back in April, and here we are in December. So mm-hmm. if you can even remember, what were your what were your thoughts? What did you like? What did you not like?
1: Um, I liked the movie a lot. Um, John Lithgow did a great job as Jud Crandall. Yes, he did. Um, of course they changed a lot of it. You know, Gage doesn't die; it's Ellie that 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 dies. Spoiler so, alert! Spoiler <laughs> alert! Sorry. Um, no, I liked it a lot. The my favorite part was when Ellie comes back from the dead, and mm-hmm. her daddy is dancing in the living room. She's dancing for her daddy. And then she starts to go crazy. Yeah. Oh, it's just, oh, powerful. Um, no, I liked it a lot. I didn't really like the end.
0: Yeah, that end was not good. I
1: didn't see that coming either.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was not good. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I just, I don't know. I thought it was weird that like the dead could bring the dead back to life. Yeah. I didn't really like that very much. Not
1: so in the first. One.
0: Yeah. And then it was just kind of like, okay, so, like, we're a zombie family now? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> it wasn't great. But it, but it was, it was like, I had a good cast. Yes. It was, like, well acted. It looked really good. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the cats were cool. It just, yeah, the, the plot was a little, it didn't quite hit the mark. Yeah, the parade in the woods was really good. That the, was.
1: With a cat. It was They dressed up and stuff. That was yeah, good.
0: That was, a, like, a neat little addition because in the, book like all the kids know about the pet cemetery but i thought it was kind of neat that they took it a step further and was like oh yeah like they have a little ritual and like Mm -hmm. they have a little processional when somebody's pet dies like i did think that was pretty neat
1: yeah yeah so i i did like it a lot except for the end
0: yeah okay so then we had another big stephen king movie this year that is now the highest grossing horror movie ever and that's the it franchise yes and so it chapter two came out mm-hmm. what did you think about it
1: <laughs> um i liked it a lot pennywise is very scary oh yeah i mean the new pennywise is scary mm-hmm. um my favorite part was when the little girl is under the bleachers at the oh, ball game but he's talking yes to her. the firefly in his hands yes what does he say i don't remember exactly
0: <gasps> oh what does he say I don't, oh, he's he says because she's like, oh, oh be you're my friend? yes, she's like, I don't talk to people that aren't my friends, yes. or strangers, and he's like, oh, people don't want to talk to me either. Will you be my friend? Yes, oh my, oh. yes,
1: yeah, that was the best. That's the best. It was. Um, no, I liked the whole. I liked all of it. The characters were good. Mm-hmm. Um, It was all good. I just didn't like the end. (laughs) I didn't like the same story as Pet Cemetery. Didn't like
0: the end. Which, like, I feel like horror in general, a lot of times they don't nail the end. I feel like people really struggle to, like, write a good Mm -hmm. ending. And, of course, it is a difficult movie to end because the book just goes to a really, really weird place. So it's like, how how do you decide to end this, you know? Um, So... I kind of went going in. I kind of expected that it wouldn't live up. And so I wasn't as disappointed because I kind of expected the end to not be great. Um, But that's also funny. You say that though, because they made such a big deal throughout the movie And even had the Stephen King cameo made such a big deal about people complaining about the end. And it's like, (laughs) here we are, we're doing the same thing. We're like, oh, no, no, that ending, though. Yeah, because he's been criticized for a long time for not having good endings. Well, my word
1: for the end was ridiculous.
0: Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Well, I thought the concept of them, like, overcoming him... With the the idea that they're not afraid of him anymore. Like, the concept was good, but the execution wasn't great. Because, yeah, it's like, oh, if we can just, like, tell him he's not a big, scary monster anymore. Like, yeah. why didn't we do that a long time ago?
1: <laughs> that totally that was, wouldn't work in real life. Yeah.
0: And, and <laughs> I love in both the miniseries and the book when they have to, like, crawl up in its body cavity and, like, rip its heart out. Yeah. And that's how they kill it. I mean, that is, that's like... Good.
1: Yeah, legit. that's
0: great. And so the fact that, like, he's just this small creature and they rip his little tiny heart out. I'm like, oh, this didn't have the impact that no. I wanted. No, that was
1: disappointing.
0: Yeah, I wanted, you know, I wanted the the yeah the big, the bigness yeah. of that. So. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I like the part when um, she goes back to visit her her house, her old oh, house. Oh, and Mrs. Kirsch. Mm-hmm, <laughs> that lady was scary. That that built up and did not disappoint.
0: Yeah, that scene was really great. Yeah. Was really great and scary. And I was, uh, they showed that as like the first teaser trailer. And I remember okay. thinking, like, okay, this feels this feels right for sure. Yeah. And I loved um oh, the scene, well, uh Pennywise and Richie with the big Paul Bunyan. Oh, yes. I loved the that huge scene. Huge Bunyan. Yes, loved that scene. Because I do good. feel like the movie was was fairly CGI heavy, but that CGI felt good. Like it felt right. He felt like he really did come to life. Yeah, that was good. Um and then the scene right after that was when Bill goes and gets silver out of the antique Bicycle. shop.
1: And Stephen King yes. is
0: the shopkeeper. Yes. That was good. And I think that's maybe Stephen King's best cameo ever. Like he did a good job, it made sense. And it lasted longer than
1: most of his cameo appearances. It did.
0: And and his acting is like very weak. Um, But I felt like it was good this time. I was like, okay, he did a good job. (laughs) He's a
1: rotter, not an actor, I guess. Yeah,
0: for sure. And and I loved, too, that um, the last line of that scene is really dramatic whenever um, the shopkeeper asks him, like, oh, was it fast? And he's like, yeah, it's fast enough to beat the devil. Oh, yes. I was like, oh. Yes, beat the devil. Which, you know, if you're a person who's never read the book, you don't know what that means. Exactly. So (laughs) it would have been nice if they would have built that up in the first movie so you understand why that's a big deal, but they didn't. That's true
1: because you wouldn't know if you hadn't read the book.
0: Yeah, there's really no... There were a few like key connections that they just missed the mark on with this It adaptation, and that was one of them, is you don't really understand that silver is such a big deal to Mm -mm. bill and to the group Mm -hmm. um so when he finds silver you don't really understand what a big deal that is that's true i didn't think about that that's true there's a lot of little things like that that they didn't spend time on and they chose to spend time on other things but anyway um and i mean in general of course there are things that I didn't love, but I think that it's it's a pretty solid yeah. adaptation. And and like I was saying the other night, like, we'll get another one in 25 or 30 <laughs> years. So if you didn't like this one, just hang on. Just wait. <laughs> It'll happen again in another few decades. So Yeah. Um, so still talking about King. There's a million King adaptations out there right now. Yeah. I mean, they are, like, developing for television, developing films. Um, the Outsider, which is one of his newer novels... It's going to be a TV show on HBO that starts in January, I think. Okay. Um, And, I mean, there's just so many things in production. Um, I'm looking forward to, like, The Stand is coming out. Oh, okay. I think in 2020, I'm pretty sure. And I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be also a TV show over, I think, eight episodes. Okay. Eight or ten. So, looking forward to that. But So, what are you looking forward to? What books or short stories would you most like to see adapted? Okay. Salem's lot. Well, there's good news. Did, do you
1: know they're making one? No. Oh, Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) So it came out in 1975. Yeah. I love it. That is one of my favorite books. I love the movie. 75 though. Mm -hmm. And Stephen King in 1983 said in an interview that that was his favorite novel.
0: Really? Then, yeah,
1: and he was going to do a sequel, but then something about he did The Dark Tower and something else was just similar to that. So now oh. he's not going
0: to do a sequel to Salem's Lot? Yes, because uh, Father Callahan from the book is apparently a big deal in the Dark Tower series. Okay. So I guess he told the rest of the story he wanted to tell.
1: Yeah, that was something like that. So I would love to see Salem's Lot redone. That. It's that's scary. It's a, it's good. The book's good. The the old movie's good. A new movie would be fabulous. Yeah.
0: I've read that book I think twice and it is a gem, especially I like to read it in the fall. Mm-hmm. It just has that really good, like small town changing leaves vibe. Yeah. Well, you
1: know, we bought some Stephen King books recently. <clears throat> so I reread Salem's Lot. You and mm-hmm. I bought some together mm-hmm. and you bought me some. So I re- reread Salem's Lot like eight months ago it did not disappoint again
0: i love how they do all of the chapters that are they're called the lot those are the name of the chapters and you get the little snapshots of like what's going on in different areas of the town i love those so much but very so yes um james wan who is responsible for saw and insidious and the conjuring and all of that stuff he is Producing it, I, I, you know, am I ta- am think. I saying this wrong? I know he's doing the Tommy Knockers, and I'm pretty sure he's doing Salem's Lot as well. Okay, I did not know that, so I'm happy. Yeah, I don't know when it's coming out, but it's like in development, so we shall see. So, what do you think? <clears throat> okay, so I recently read last last year this year Revival. I haven't read that one. Revival is about. Basically religion and rock and roll. And it's kind of like a modern Frankenstein story. Okay. And it's really good. Um, A lot of King's newer novels aren't as good, but this one was really good. And so I would love to see a movie made out of it. And again, there's rumors that it it is being adapted. Okay. But I think that rumor has been floating around for a while. Hmm. So who knows? But that one's great. Would love to see it. Um, there are also a couple of short stories that I would love to see. Okay. Um, in Night Shift, which I know you're familiar with, yes, the, yes. the one with the hand yes, with the bandages with the f- and the mm-hmm. eyes. Mm-hmm. So that image is from a store called I Am the Doorway. And it's about a man who's basically has some sort of alien life form like in his body. And it's very creepy the way it's written. I think it would be a really cool little sci fi story. I agree. Story. Yeah. I agree. There's not a lot of like Stephen King sci fi stuff out there. So I, it would probably be difficult, but I think technology has evolved so that you could do it.
1: Okay. I right. Just, I just thought of one. Ooh, Adapt People.
0: Oh, Adapt People? They made a movie Apt out of People. that. They did? They did. It has uh, In McKellen and Brad Renfo in it. It came out in, I think, 96. Okay. I haven't seen it because I was not able to get through that story. <laughs> mm. It's rough. It's very rough. Yeah, I might need to revisit it. Um, but yeah, I couldn't. I was just like, you know, I'm not sure I want to know where we go here. <laughs> well, so I reread
1: it recently too, and I didn't finish it
0: either. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> and if yeah. we
1: can't finish it, it's bad. Yeah, I don't
0: know. I mean, you know, so maybe watch the one that already exists and yeah, see what you think. Maybe but. so. Um, the other short story that I would love to see is from, I believe it's from Skeleton Crew and it's the jaunt. Do you remember the jaunt? No, so it refresh my memory. It, okay, so it's about a family and they're getting ready to go on a trip. And it's basically like they're going to the airport to like get on a plane and fly somewhere, except it's in the future. Oh. So they're at the jaunt port. And they're going to, like, jaunt to where Mars or wherever. So, like, technology has evolved to the point where, like, we have figured out teleportation, basically. Okay. And the kids are bored. And they're like, oh, dad, like, tell us, like, how did they discover the jaunt? Like, how did they make it? And so he's telling them the story of how the scientists discovered it and how they figured out how teleportation works. Um, But they discovered that. You have to be asleep when you go through the jaunt. Okay. So this woman, like stewardess, comes around and, like, gives you the gas or whatever before you go into the jaunt because you have to be asleep. Asleep. Okay. Anyway, I won't tell you more because if I tell you more, it gets spoilery. Okay. But something goes very wrong at the end of the story and it's very scary okay i remember reading that one so again it's a little more science fiction okay and it's only horror like right at the end so it's kind of this fun little science fiction figuring out how to do teleportation and then like i said at the end something goes wrong and it's really scary okay
1: so i missed that one when i read the short stories,
0: and that one is long enough to actually make a movie out of too okay i think so Okay. All right, so let's let's leave the world of Stephen King. Leave the world of Stephen King. Oh no. Well, I keep trying to leave the world of Stephen King. I keep saying like I'm not going to talk about it anymore until like maybe the stand or whatever. You just can't escape. Can't get away. Can't escape right now. And no. it's it's so crazy cuz I guess it kind of goes in cycles because of course his stuff was really hot in like the 80s or 70s and 80s, I guess. Uh-huh. And then um I heard heard an interview with Mike Flanagan who directed Doctor Sleep. And he said that when he was first shopping around the script for Gerald's game, yes. which he also did yes. years ago, he's had the rights to that story for a long time. And years ago, he was shopping that script around, and studios kept telling him, Oh, Stephen King is really hard to get Stephen King made. Nobody wants to do it. Oh, really? Yeah. And now here we are. Here we like, are. he can write. Something on a napkin and somebody and would try to trying it, to make you know. a movie out of it. Yeah. So, you know, I keep saying like, oh, we're going to we're, we're not going to talk about Stephen King for a while. And it just keeps popping up. Yeah. So that's where we are. But anyhow, moving on from Stephen King. So just horror in general. What are you looking forward to in 2020?
1: OK. Um, Halloween Kills All because, right. you know, I cannot get away from Halloween. I love the Halloween movies. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just they're good. You have to watch them at. During the Halloween season, of course, and I love the 2019 Halloween movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, what was it called? Uh, just Halloween, just Halloween. Um, yeah, I liked it. So, another one's coming out in 2020, so I definitely will be waiting in line to watch that one. Yeah, you're a Jamie Lee fan, you like her, yes, mm-hmm. a Jamie Lee <laughs> Curtis fan all the way, and she just keeps delivering on the Halloween movies. It's true, so it's
0: Laurie Strode may never die. She may never die. I mean, she may be
1: 95 making Halloween movies. I know. Or she,
0: Laurie Strode won't die until Jamie Lee dies, maybe. And then they'll let her go. Then they'll have to, I guess. Yeah. Because no one else can play her. Well, and I remember, um, I think it was a documentary you and I were watching. It was that Eli Ross History of Horror. Yes. She said, when I die, the headline will be Halloween Actress Dies. Yes. She said, it doesn't matter what I do. That is the thing. She's like just like my mother. It was psycho actress dies, and I think she's probably right. I think so too. about that. Yeah, yeah. But it's really nice that she's embraced that mm-hmm. and has you know decided to like like buy into the legacy. Because a lot of people, especially when they started out in horror when they were young, they want to distance themselves from that. But of course, Halloween is seen as a as a classic, like a masterpiece. Yes, in all film circles. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she made some. B-movie, like Leprechaun 5 or something. Right. But but still, a lot of people would have, like, distanced themselves from it. And she hasn't. Nope. She embraces it and she just keeps going with it. Yep. So, and I
1: thought H2O was, I really loved Halloween H2O. And, you know, she was a little older then. Yes. But,
0: um, I mean, she delivered. It was good. Even that, um, I remember, she's the one that pretty much got that movie made. Okay. And she was like, if we're going to end Halloween, let's do it right. That's when she cuts his head off. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's the best ending to a horror sequel ever. And what happened was, I guess that in the contract, they had said, well, if this movie does well, you're contractually obligated to make an appearance in another one. So then Halloween Resurrection came out and it was like the worst Mm. It's horrible. I, think, I didn't see that one. That's someone with Busta Rhymes and Tyra Banks. No, I didn't see that one. It's so bad. Okay, but and she was like miffed about it. She was like, "No, we ended it." And if I would have known. This was going to go on. I would never sign on. Okay. For it. So I think when Halloween 2018 came along, she felt like, okay, they're giving me my story back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and she and and I mean, everybody knew if Halloween 2018 does well, there will be more. I mean, everybody knew, and that's why the ending to Halloween 2018 was pretty weak. Okay. You know, because yeah. they're like, oh well, we can't kill him off no. definitively. So it's like, oh. I'm in the basement. It's on fire. See ya in the next movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. See you in the next movie. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> but yeah. I did love um, old man Michael Myers was great. Because he's in, he's just, he's, he's clearly, they don't show his face, but he's clearly an old man. And yeah. he's just in his white, like scrubs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then in jumpsuit. the, uh, yes. And then in the the gas station scene, when he's like killing people in the background. Uh-huh. Oh, that was that was all really good. Yeah, and I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is old too, Lori Stroh, so he has to be older too. So yeah, old man Michael Myers. Yeah, so that's that is interesting though. It's like if she's sixty, he's got to be at least sixty. But probably more like sixty five or seventy. I was thinking because he was older than
1: her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's yeah, he's late, he's mid to late sixties. So it's like
0: you guys can only keep this story going for so long. And you got to make him age,
1: <laughs> like Laurie is
0: aging. Yeah. Well, luckily we don't, we can't see his face or his. Yeah, leg. yeah, that helps. <laughs> that helps the storyline. Yes, but they really got to lean into that like superhuman killer aspect because he old. He's old. <laughs> 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 okay, what else? What else? Um, let's
1: see. The Conjuring 3, because I like the Conjuring movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Insidious. There's going to be another Insidious? There's going to be another Insidious.
0: Oh, James Wan, yep. what are you doing to us? Yep, and um, let's see. Candyman. Oh, yeah. I think Candyman's going to be good. Candyman is going to be direct... Well, not directed. I think it's being produced... By Jordan Peele, who did Get Out and Us. Okay. And just is proving to be very good at what he does. Okay. So um, I think it'll be, I think it'll be good. Yeah, because the, the original Candyman is it's pretty old. 92 or 3? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And um, of course, Tony Todd was in that. He's he's basically like Robert England. Everybody's like, oh, Candyman has to be Tony Todd. And I'm pretty sure he's coming back for it. Okay. If not for the whole role, he at least is, I think, playing Candyman during part of it. Okay. His picture is on the preview okay. part of it. So. Yeah. Because everybody's been speculating, you know, and I think they finally confirmed it. So he's fun to watch. It'll be, I think it'll be good. I mean, I've always loved it. And I think uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Because I also don't think, I don't think it's a remake. I don't know. I don't know. I <laughs>
1: But regardless, I didn't research it, but yeah. I just I think saw it'll that it be was coming up. Yeah. So, and then this is not horror, but Ghostbusters because I really liked that movie.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it'll be fun. I mean, there was the like all female cast one that was in like yes. 2016. Did that you was, see that yes, one? Yes, I did. Did you enjoy it? Yes,
1: I did. Yeah, I never I did. saw it.
0: Um, But, uh, you know, I think a lot of people really wanted it to be more like the traditional Ghostbusters and everybody wanted Bill Murray to come back, but he's a cantankerous old man and he wouldn't do it. And so it looks like this one is a completely different cast, but I think I heard that he might. Be making an appearance oh, in it. Oh okay. well, he needs to. He needs to. Yeah, well, you know him and Chevy Chase are just like notoriously difficult to deal uh, with. Okay. <laughs> and now, then, now they're old dudes, you know. So it's even they're even more cantankerous than they used to be. But um I'm just excited because Paul Rudd is in it. Paul Rudd is great, and I think he's actually pretty perfect for Ghostbusters. Like I feel like he fits the tone. Yeah, I can see of that. Ghostbusters for yeah. sure. So when I heard that he was going to be in it, I thought, yeah, that'll that'll work. And of course, Finn Wolfhard, the kid that's in everything, the okay. kid from, he's in Stranger Things, and he was in it. Oh, okay, yes, yeah. yes. I think they're probably banking on his name and Paul Rudd's name to kind of sell the movie. Okay, well, so, it should. Yeah, I think it'll be fun though, regardless. Yeah. So. Is that it? Anything else? Um, <laughs> no. I just.
1: Let's just talk about Krampus a little bit. Oh, you want to
0: talk about Krampus yes. some more? Okay.
1: Okay. So I'd heard about this movie for two, three years. Nicola's mentioned it a on her podcast, but it just, I had it in my mind. It just, I thought, oh, Krampus, I don't really, really want to watch it. We watched it and it was totally different. It's like, you know, winter Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And so we watched it yesterday was Friday the 13th. Yeah, it was perfect. So it was very fitting to watch um, a winter Christmas scary movie. On Friday the 13th.
0: Because how often do you get a Friday the 13th in December?
1: Never. And then yeah. with Nicole living in Florida, we're not ever together on Friday the 13th when it happens. No. So it was perfect. But it's just this, the setting is just, you know, the pretty house and all decorated for Christmas and the family's there. Then more family comes in and, you know, you, you don't really, some of the family you don't like. And, but it's just the whole setting. And then it starts snowing and it just snows and snows and snows and they have, you know, the wind, the winter and it just goes from there. And it's just, it's like this family setting that turns awry that goes awry (laughs) and it, Oh, and the the little German grandmother. I oh, mean, you. She's, she's, so there. she's so sweet. And you can just tell by her face. I mean, she knows stuff that we don't know. Yes.
0: And everybody just just dismisses her.
1: Yeah. And she <laughs> says, keep that fire going. And by golly, you better keep the fire going. That's all I'm going to say. If you have not watched Krampus, you have to watch it this holiday season. So
0: what was your favorite part of Krampus?
1: Oh, well, the little gingerbread guys. Yes. <laughs> I love them. Because I love gingerbread men, but not exactly the way they ended up acting. But.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Whenever we first saw the movie in theaters, like I'm not really a fan of horror comedy or like goopiness. Me either. And so. At first, when the tone shifted, like when the little gingerbread man first shows up and the boy tries to eat it, like that's when things go from like serious and scary to like goofy. And at first, I didn't like it. And when we got to the scene where there's the gingerbread chaos in the kitchen at first, I was like, I don't know. This is kind of ridiculous. And then I was like. No, this is fun. Like this is a lot of fun. Like how can you not enjoy this? Like they're so cute, and like they have the little giggles, or like yes, ee- 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 yes, ee- yes. <laughs> and then they're evil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's just a lot of fun. Like it kind of alternates between silly and scary. But I think because the family is so over the top and ridiculous, and yeah. it just kind of works. And you're it rooting does. for these people. You know, you're like oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You want them to win, and, yeah.
1: and of course they. You know, they band together even though they, you know, have some... Don't like each other, and yes. they, but they come together, band together, and they're a strong family unit, and they well kind of overcome
0: Krampus. <laughs> but yeah, I, that <laughs> is one thing I really I I liked as well is that yeah they're definitely they have different worldviews, they mm-hmm. come from different places, but they both they kind of like uh gain a mutual respect yes. for each other, and yes, um, which is which is all great.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> they they go from just putting up with each other to actually banding together to conquer the evil. Yes, so that yeah. that part's really good, and of course I love. Tony Collette. I've seen her in a lot of movies lately, and she's just—I mean, everything I've seen her in, I've liked.
0: Yes, so. she's great. Yeah, she's really great. She so. is. All right, well, mom, thanks for being on. Oh, I enjoyed being Once here. Again. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I mean, I—if—if if you guys have heard me guest on any podcast, you know, I talk about a few certain things, and I always, always talk about my mom. Yes, <laughs> and how that's how I got into horror and. Uh, how we both love Halloween and spooky things and all that. So yes, so yes. I have to say thanks for, uh, for I <laughs> guess, understanding who I am as a person and being like, yeah, we can do spooky a-
1: things. Absolutely. We've been watching horror movies since Nicole was about five, probably. I guess she was <laughs> a little young, but hey, it worked.
0: <laughs> Did, it worked out. All right. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll have more conversations in the future, but uh, thanks for coming on and we'll talk next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. You can find the show on Instagram and Facebook at Light and Shadow Pod. Sign up to become a supporter on Patreon for early access to all episodes and more. Please rate, review, and subscribe to help other people find the show. Until next time, stay spooky.